Welcome to another episode of the On the Clock NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon here with Damian and Eugene. How are you guys doing today? I'm angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all are. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough, it's been a rough week, man. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Uh, rest in peace to uh, George Floyd. Shout out to him and his family. We send you know our condolences, our loves, our prayers, everything, the whole nine yards. Um, everybody. Y'all know how pretty much the whole majority of the world feels and mm-hmm. with this whole situation. So I'm not going to really get into it because I don't feel like being angry. Uh, mm-hmm. Any more angry than I already am. But, um, you know, we Hopefully matter. we can take your mind off of this. Hopefully a podcast can take everybody's mind off of what's going on. Oh, just, yeah. just, for yeah. just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. I yeah. needed this. And I'm, and it needed I'm distraction. I'm some film. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we're going we, you know, in couple in the coming weeks, we're gonna be going over some some sleepers and guys to look forward to in college oh, yeah. next year. So, you know, me and Eugene already been posting and talking about a couple guys that we've been paying oh, attention yeah. to. So we we got a lot, lot to talk about in the coming weeks. Um but I mean Shannon, we've been talking about it for the past how long we've been on quarantine? Oh my <laughs> right. lost count. What right. day is it? I just got a last week, so I'm like, I don't, I don't look like a wolf anymore. So I'm like, man. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I legit walked out of the house. I'm like, that's sunlight? Right. Like, <laughs> so it's just like, oh, okay. This is, feels nice outside. I'm going to walk. Man, I'm going to take my son to walk. actually doing man. stuff like, outside. We're going to get out this house for a little bit. But, but yeah, oh. I mean, you know, NBA is supposed to be coming back. They already set a date. NFL's opening yeah. their facilities. Guys, for all you sports fans, we it's have something back. to look forward to. It's man. coming back, yeah. Uh, just Summer still basketball, wash your hands. you can't still beat wash that. Your hands, man. Still right. wash your damn hands, please. We ain't done yet. But yeah, you know what? Speaking of hands, wide receivers have had a lot to say for the past week, right? Oh. So last week yeah. we had last week we had uh, we had Devontae Parker and Michael Thomas going at it on. I think that was Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Twitter or post, Instagram? I think Instagram. It, I think it might have been Instagram. Oh. It was a post that was something like, um, "Who's tougher? To, who's which one is tougher?" And it was like, "A, make a catch while guarded by Stephon Gilmore, or B, break up a pass while guarding Michael Thomas." And of course, Parker is going to say, "A." I mean, how can he speak about trying to break up a pass against a wide receiver? But, okay. but <laughs> his answer, his answer, uh, got Michael Thomas and his feelings. Uh, so, <laughs> which is normal. I, so one question I wanted to ask you guys was, how did you feel about that whole back and forth between those two guys? Like, Damien, what did you think? <sighs> hmm. <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> 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 um, when when I first saw it, I was just like, all right, so what is what's really happening here? Like, what what's the what's the whole ruckus for? What's the what's the animosity? What Michael Thomas? Why are you angry, brother? Like, I don't understand. Like, as you alluded to, Shannon, how could Devontae Parker pick Mike Thomas when he's never had to – first of all, he doesn't defend anybody because he's a receiver. Right. So it's like, well, I'm going to pick the one that I have experience with. Mm-hmm. I've faced Stephon Gilmore the past, a few times over the past couple years since he came to New England. What language is that even when he was in Buffalo because he stayed in the division? So I know how tough it is to, to win against this man. I mean, even mm-hmm. though I'm not going to lie, he had an incredibly productive day in that, uh, in that, la- in that last matchup last year um, where he had well over 100 yards. But I'm just oh, saying yeah. to myself, like, 
I don't see how Michael Thomas could get upset. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can see if a defender said, well, <laughs> I've played you, Michael Thomas. I'm pretty sure uh, I've talked to my receiver. They said Stephon Gilmore is hard hard to, to get loose from. And some defender that he's played said something. Okay, you can get upset. But mm-hmm. Devontae Parker has never faced you. <laughs> then you get all in your feelings. You get Every so time. emotional. Somebody made an issue. To, yo, listen. Somebody needs to sit down and have a discussion. Like he needs to have a, a come to Jesus moment and just let his his feelings out. It's mm-hmm. like he's got so much pent up. And I'm like, man, if you don't listen, <laughs> some people have vices. Some people smoke. Some people drink. Some people go to strip clubs. I box. Like there's so many different things. Sir, you play a physical sport. Get mm-hmm. your frustrations out on the field, big fella. Right. Like you angry, go I play special teams. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Go crack back somebody, get that 15 yard penalty. Say, Coach, I ain't gonna do it again. Like, you mm-hmm. know, just, just get it out your system. So for me, it was just more so. I don't. I didn't understand his his issue. Like, mm-hmm. because he wouldn't say, "Well, Julio Jones is harder to pass to break up a pass than going up against Xavier Rhodes." You've you Xavier Rhodes. You've never right. guarded Julio. So Michael Thomas mm-hmm. just did. Like, he, he much, legit the did most. a lot. He did a lot, and I just didn't understand it. Right. Eugene, what did you think when you saw that back and forth? I thought uh, Michael Thomas was bored because he'd been in, on quarantine for too long. <laughs> no, he always <laughs> acting like that. And so this is like, he's like, all right, I ain't got nothing to do. Let me be extra on social media. Oh, here's something right there. I mean, it, it it's all meaningless. It, I mean, it, it it is dumb. It don't make no sense. It has no bearing on his status as a player or Devontae Parker's status as a player. It, and it really, really wasn't even a comparison between Parker no, and Thomas. It, it really wasn't. Do, so you guys, do y'all think that he's insecure? Yes. Probably probably one of them dudes. The way, he respond, them. the way he responds to things just makes me think he insecure about something. Yeah, no. he's probably one of them guys that needs positive affirmation all, all the time. time. Oh, yeah, he needs to mm-hmm. back. I'm going to tell you, now, the one thing I, like, <clears throat> so for me, it's, it's a little different. When you look at um, like Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's drafted, what, fifth, sixth round? Tom mm-hmm, Brady, yeah. sixth round. You got guys that's drafted late. Legit, you got legit beef. Late, and they have legit beef. They got that chip on their shoulder. Right. Now, I get it. You were drafted after, what, what was the kid named Corey um, that, was, that ended up being drafted to? Corey Davis? Co- no. Um, um, I, Coleman? It, Co- Coleman? Yeah, Corey Coleman. The wide receiver? Oh, he yeah. was 17 draft, right? Or yeah. was he the... the set 16, one of the two. Six, uh, no, 16. Yeah, 16, I think. So, oh, yeah. oh. you get drafted after Laquan Treadwell. You get drafted after Corey Cole. I get that you're upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, th- mm-hmm. but at the same time, you got to get past it, bro. You just yeah. you get 20, 20 mil a season. You got paid, right. Like, yeah, you just got Laquan paid. Treadwell is just trying to hold on to a roster spot at this point. Mm-hmm. Corey Coleman is trying to make sure that he's on somebody's active roster as well. Where I'm is like, he? I don't even know where he is. Uh, he's yeah, he's somewhere teaching the gym still class. Still with the Giants? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a giant. <laughs> so that's my thing. It's just like, you know. Oh, same thing. <laughs> oh, shots, man. Wow, <laughs> out here in these streets. Shots, man. So I'm just like, that, that's my thing. It's just like, you, I get, you know, maybe a couple of years ago you had a gripe. You know what I'm saying? Like, remember Josh Rosen after he was drafted? The, the 10 teams in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Like, yeah. Which is cliche because everybody does that. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody yeah. says that, man. So I get that a couple years ago he could have been upset, 
But now it's like, bro, you want you a top five receiver? You already proven. Like, you made it. You won. Exactly. You, my guy, like you are paid. These guys would love to be where you are right now, mm-hmm. and you're still angry. Like he needs counseling. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking about Michael Thomas, he was also um, mentioned this week when DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins was talking, and basically what Hopkins said was that um, Michael Thomas and Julio know that if he had um, Drew Brees or Matt Ryan's whole career, what his numbers would be. Basically mm-hmm. trying to imply that he's the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, that's what I took from it. Yeah, um, so first, my question is, what did you guys think about when he said that? And then out of those three wide receivers, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, Julio, and Hopkins, who would you pick first, second, third? Eugene, what do you think? How would you feel? And then who would you pick first, second, third out of those three? Um, I mean, honestly, he ain't lying. He would he would wreck up a ton of yards with a ton of catches. I mean, he's he's had. You know, a couple years before Deshaun Watson, where you know, I mean, he, he's had less than average quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, if he had an elite quarterback like Drew Brees throwing to him his whole career, his, I mean, his numbers would be up there like Michael Thomas's is. I mean, I agree with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, now it was Michael Thomas, Julio, uh, and Julio Hopkins. And Hopkins, I'm going Julio Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Um, I think Julio, I mean, first of all, he's just a freak athlete, and he is one of those guys that every at every level of the field, he is a threat. It's like you mm-hmm. can throw him a bubble screen, he's a threat. You can throw him a 15-yard uh, dig route, he's a threat. You can send him on a nine route, he's a threat. Um, Do like the touchdowns with... concern you with Julio? No, no, because uh, part of that is offensive scheme, part of that is if you're at the goal line and you're playing the Falcons, who do you least want to score against you? Right. And that's where the defense is focused on. Mm-hmm. So part of that is just the scheme. I mean, I'm you can the touchdowns. It really is not that it's not that big a deal, not to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with DeAndre Hopkins, it's a little bit of the same. He's a three level threat, not to the not the deep threat to the extent that Julio Jones is, but still a major major threat. And uh, Michael Thomas is. They well, I'll say that the the Saints don't use him as that deep level threat. Mm-hmm. He can get deep, um, but the Saints don't use him like that. And he's more of a two level threat. He's your you know he's your slot receiver. He's a very very productive and dominant slot receiver. Mm-hmm. But they don't use him as that that over the top guy. If you if you if you're looking to throw a seventy yard bomb, that's I I don't think Michael Thomas is your first option. So that's why I put him behind those other two. Yeah. And, Damian, what did you think about um, what Hopkins said, and then how would you rank those three wide receivers? <clears throat> so, oh, man. So, with Hopkins, when he said this, you know, at first I was like, yeah, he might have a point. Mm-hmm. Then I thought about it, I was like, mm, he doesn't. Um, because, okay, so I look, well, I'm looking at, when you look at his numbers, right, his best seasons. In 2015, I think that might have been the Brock Osweiler year. I can't remember who the quarterback was at that time. He mm-hmm. had a hundred. He had 192 targets, 111 catches with 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. Mm. In 2018, with Deshaun Watson, 163 targets, 1,572 yards, 100 and 115 um, receptions, and 11 touchdowns. Again, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. You've had some really – you had two huge years. You got 1,200-yard season, a 1,300-yard season. Last year, he um, 
he didn't play all 16 games. Looks like he, he only played 15, but he had 150 targets again. Uh, well over mm-hmm. he had oh, well over 140. He had 150, 104 receptions and 1100 yards and seven touchdowns. And I'm just mm-hmm. looking. I, I get what he's trying to say, but when when you really think about from the analytics aspect of it, it's like, are you expecting to crack 2,000 yards every season, bro? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So you get you get Breeze. I mean, seriously? <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Like, you get Drew Breeze. Drew Breeze is not able to push the ball downfield. We mm-hmm. know this. So, <clears throat> all right. So you know, he also said Matt Ryan. <laughs> Dear God. He said Matt Ryan. Um, oh, he said Matt Ryan. Yeah, he said, he, oh, well, if I, you know, Julio, if I had Matt Ryan. I'm going to tell you something, brother. <laughs> You flip you and Julio, Julio numbers probably look a whole lot better because those quarterbacks didn't care about – and let's not be – let's let, cannot be real here. Like, Hawkins stuffed some stats a couple of times in them, some bad seasons where they really just targeted him. They didn't look for mm-hmm. anybody else. Bro, you had 192 targets. That's almost 200 targets. That's a lot. That's a mm. lot of targets. Like mm-hmm. I'm just saying, was he, was he the one that made the comment about Antonio Brown? I can't remember who said that about Antonio Brown. <clears throat> it might was like, if I had, whenever I had, if I was targeted over a hundred times, I would have, you know, yeah. that many catches. I, I, I think might it have been, been him. Hawkins Somebody said ch- that he chats too. Hawkins is a little chat, you know, a little chatty patty himself sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Um, didn't Herman, didn't Herman, um, Gilmore get into it? Yes. Yep. They sub- subliminal shots, um, right. like some schoolgirls mm-hmm. on Twitter. Then he get it, right. he got into it with Ramsey too, right? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. He did? Yeah. Mm. yeah, he's gotten into Rams oh, a few times. Be, oh, that's going to be interesting then, seeing them oh, both yeah. against each other. Uh, twice mm-hmm. a year again. I love it. I can't wait for it. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, I, 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 Hawkins is legit. He's elite. He gives you everything you want. I mean, he could, if you focus more on getting off the line of scrimmage sometimes, he would be. And his be, hands. He's, his yeah. hands are great. I mean, his hands, you know, his hands are huge. Like, yes. I, like, I don't know what kind of, what size gloves they have, they have to get him, but. Bro got some some frying pants, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he is one of the best receivers in football. But I'm not, I'm not going to defensively say, well, you put him with Drew Brees, you put him with Matt Ryan, because at the end of the day, both of those quarterbacks are known for spreading the ball around a little bit more mm-hmm. than what he's used mm-hmm. to. Like, right, right. I, that's I mean, a good point. That's fair. That's a fair point. That's Plus, I mean, you think about it. So you put him in Atlanta um, with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley still can get his 80, 90 targets. Um, and, and don't forget, Tony G was there for him. Yep, was he still Tony, there when Julio was there? Yep, he was there. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy, White, Roddy like, was there. Yeah. Uh, Roddy was, White. They, yeah. they had a lot of different guys, and they threw the ball to the to the running backs as well. So I'm yeah. like, bro, if you put yourself in a more well rounded offense, your numbers, you numbers might not, not be there. Look yeah. the same, like right, you, right. You, you may be in the playoffs, you know, the same amount, or you know, you you still could dominate and be an elite receiver. But I'm not gonna say they'd be like, well, you know, <laughs> he's gonna have two thousand yards a season. Uh, mm-hmm. This ain't Madden, bro. Like, right. so no, I don't. But so ranking so them. Like, okay. Uh, I got. I think I gotta stick with what Eugene said. I'm, I'm going Julio. I know a lot of people think I'm biased because I'm a Julio fan, but for me, Julio does legitimately everything. He runs routes mm-hmm. like a small guy. He has speed. He's strong. Like he, you know, he could do anything. Go up and and to the climb the ladder. He could play all three levels. He can be a possession guy if you want him to. He could be the deep threat if you want him to. And in a in an offense where they target him in the red zone, he could be mm-hmm. a red zone a red zone threat as well. They just don't target him like that. Like you right. look at that year, especially that year with Kyle Shanahan there. 
they've got down to inside the goal line uh, or towards the goal line and they ran the ball like they had two running backs yeah. up there feasting like I mm-hmm. get I get it and, and, and shout out to Steelers fans who will easily say well Antonio Brown got all you know had all these touchdowns I get it I mean but Lev Bell also never cracked 10 touchdowns because of the fact that you had Antonio Brown catching all these touchdowns yeah. Lev Bell was an afterthought in the red zone mm-hmm. Big Ben would throw picks in the in the end zone Trying to force the to ball, force to it, right? Mm-hmm. Just, that's not smart football, and that's not winning right. football. That's why they don't have a championship in the past mm. past couple years because Preach. of because of bad decision making and play calling. So it's just like at the end of the day, for me, I'm picking Julio first. I'm going uh, Hawkins second. Um, Hawk, probably some of the best hands. His hands it's in between, either between him or Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, um, yeah. Oh, there. Best oh hands uh, between the hands in, in, in the NFL. They don't drop passes like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. like I said, he can beat you. on the same team. <laughs> uh, right. So it's like he legit can do everything. Um, and, I, and I love Michael Thomas' game. He's a, two, a two-tier, two-level receiver. He's going to mm-hmm. kill you underneath. I'm telling you right now, you have to legitimately watch him, man. He, he, he will eat up the interior and middle of a defense with those yeah. in-breaking and outbreaking. And then on the outside, those outbreaking routes. He is great mm-hmm. at that. But he's not going mm-hmm. to kill you down the sideline. That's why he – I mean, he, he's productive inside and out, but you rarely see him on the outside and run that go route. You mm-hmm. rarely see that. You rarely see him run that post pattern because that's not his game. He's not going to get that separation like that and, and be able to split the safety and outrun two defenders. That's, and mm-hmm. that's not something that, he, that he's good at. So you put him in the hole. You put him where he's, where, he, where he's productive, and you let him work. So, I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it, but – I mean, he's not the best just because, I mean, he broke records. All, hey, great great to hear that. Great to see it. It was it was amazing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't see him getting – I don't see bracket coverage throwing this mm-hmm. way a lot. You know, I, I remember the, against my Patriots, we were throwing two and three guys at Julio every play. Mm-hmm. And he still had – he caught all four of his passes and nearly had 100 yards. And then he had to catch it. He had to catch it again if it wasn't for who, for, uh, for for Julian Edelman. So mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Matt Ryan choking. So it is what it is. Like that's a mess. That's still a mess. <laughs> so look, I got one more question about this. So um, towards the end of his quote, he basically was just saying that you know those guys are lucky they had Pro Bowl quarterbacks and um, quarterbacks they spent multiple seasons with. And he went on to say he doesn't complain. He doesn't make excuses. He just goes out there and work. First of all, this whole thing sounds like an excuse to me. Yeah. Because if you're talking about yeah. who they have and who you had in comparison, like that's an excuse. And like you said, Damien, really, I mean, when you look at the numbers, how do you know the numbers would have been any better than they are, you know, with them? So my question to you guys is this. When I shared that post about um, what Hopkins said this week, a lot of people commented or a few people commented and said, what about Watson? What about Watson? So my question to both of you is, did you take what he said as a knock? Or a shot at Deshaun Watson, Damien. What did you think? I mean, I don't think it was, but it can be. It could be interpreted that way mm-hmm. um, because you're basically saying, even though you know, I'm pretty sure Watson has a Pro Bowl or two under his belt, um, mm-hmm. you know, at this point in his career, and he's about to cash out and make a lot of money. I mean, you're basically saying if I had a better quarterback, uh, my numbers would be even my- better, right? And no, he spent, you, what, three years a, with Watson, right? Yeah, three exactly. years. Exactly. Three years with mm-hmm. Watson, and you've been productive all three years. You had 2019, and, and, 2018, 2017. And Deshaun Watson's, he, Deshaun Watson's been a Pro Bowl quarterback, right? Yep. So, 
I'm not trying to okay. hear it. Like, I'm you, just, can miss, I'm just yeah, you can miss me. Okay. You can miss me with that <laughs> excuse, brother. Um, I'm not trying to hear it. You are like my thing is like these guys are they're legit divas. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you, I get it that you feel like you could be more and more productive. Mm-hmm. But here's my thing. Now, you're going to go play with Kyler Murray, who everybody right now, including myself, is penciling in as the head candidate to be MVP in the 2020 <laughs> season. Um. <laughs> Not Eugene. Eugene just laughs at that. I, I, <laughs> Eugene, don't do that to my boy K one. <laughs> I'm, 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 I can't, I can't go there yet. I cannot. I, I gotta listen, see it first. I've been rocking with K one this whole time, man. So when I saw him <laughs> build around my guy, I'm like, yeah, let's go, man. He's going to be But I mean, yeah, I mean, and I hear that a lot too. I mean, that's. I mean, everybody, man. everybody's calling it. So right now, I'm looking at Hawkins like, so you. Uh, you gonna get two thousand yards this season, brother? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I, I would, I would no, be surprised won't. if he gets fifteen hundred because they have too many weapons. So that—that's yeah, what I said get... earlier. Now you're in the offense where you're not the only option, and not only mm-hmm. that, he, like even in Houston, he wasn't always the only option. He was the only healthy option. Healthy, exactly. <laughs> healthy, <laughs> so now option. Christian Kirk. Is, you know, shout plays, out to Will Fuller. You know, shout out to Will Fuller. Glass full. Uh, <laughs> glass half full. Um, <laughs> so, so now you're in Arizona. You got Larry Fitzgerald. You have Christian Kirk. You got, you know, Kenyon Drake. I expect Kenyon Drake to have 50 receptions this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a plethora of young receivers. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like, man, I would be surprised if he gets 15, 1,600 yards this year because it's too many weapons. And <clears> – <throat> There's no need to force feed him the football. That's not smart. Mm-hmm. That's not smart football. To me. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be uh, force feeding him the uh, football. But I will think. I think. Uh, I think life is going to be easier for DeAndre yeah. Oh, yeah. over in Arizona yeah. because I mean, because Larry Fitz is still a threat, and they yeah. defenses still got to pay attention to him. So I think it's going. I think he's going to get. I think yards are going to be easier to come by for him in uh, Arizona. And the thing with and the thing with I think. What he was talking with with the quarterback, I think he was talking about like for the entirety of his career so far, mm-hmm. not not just not just you know the years with Deshaun Johnson. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he knows what Deshaun Watson is, but right. he's probably looking at what he could have done. You know, first coming into the league, he had an established quarterback coming in straight from the rip, where mm-hmm. his his yards and his numbers would be. I mean, yeah, he went. But I mean, T.J. Yates and. Like Brock yeah. Oswald, then <clears throat> Matt Schwab too. Matt, Matt Schwab. Schwab. Did they have, did they have Case Keenum? Wasn't he there? I don't know if he was there. I with think him. so. Yeah. I mean, Case Keenum's been everywhere, so I, you know you never know anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know Case Keenum's literally everywhere, but that you know, yeah, like yeah. I said, he, definition of a it's, journey. It's gonna man. be easy on him for sure. Oh yeah. Yep. Um. So we're going to do what we so we're going to do with um going to every division. And reading their draft pick, um, the remember guys, we started with the best pick, most surprising pick, and biggest sleeper. So we can do that and then go each team and you know talk about those draft picks. Um, so first, Eugene, what do you think? Who had the best pick in the NFC East? That's what we're covering this week. Eagles had the best pick in the NFC East, and it came in the yeah. second round, and his name was Jalen Hurts. Oh God! You're lying. Yeah, I'm lying. I'm, I'm lying. lying my ass off. <laughs> I am lying my ass He's off. Lying. <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, honestly, you got to get the best pick to the Redskins because they had the number two pick, and that was Chase Young. You got a legit uh, defensive end for about the next ten years, and I mean, he's a dynamic player. 
and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. So I think uh, I think the Redskins got the best pick. What do you think, Damian? Best pick of the NFC, NFC East? Uh, yeah, no, I stick I, I stick with uh, the Redskins and Chase Young. You know, you, you you drafted, you know, the best player in the draft and the guy that in your that can really help you win your division. A guy that can kickstart your your defense, and now you can get after all of the quarterbacks in your division. You can get after Dak. Carson and Danny Dimes, and that's how you alter the, the win-loss record. Force all three of those quarterbacks to either throw interceptions, you know, po- make poor decisions and poor reads, different things like that. And not only is he great against the pass, I mean, you know, rushing the passer, Chase Young can set the edge in the run game. This may be the best run defense behind probably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into this season because that defensive mm-hmm. front. It's stout. That's a stout nasty. defensive front. Yeah, real now nasty. You got, and then you have a second-year player who I think is going to take a, a jump, st- another another step, uh, rather, in Montez Sweat, who can you know uh, seal the edge on the outside. Ruben Foster is going to be the actor, of course. You know, if he, you know, him come back healthy, and he, now he has to like, yeah. earn his, his earn his money because they they did not pick up his uh, fifth-year option. So yeah, yeah he's on contract year. Yeah, he's on, technically he's on the contract year. So I think the Redskins uh, had the best pick. Mm-hmm. And Damien, what do you think? Who had the most surprising pick of the NFC East? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, the most surprising pick? I'm not going to go where y'all think I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> save that. Look, save that for you, Gene. Yeah, I'll save that for you, Gene. I'm going to just go ahead and alley-oop you that one, brother. <laughs> All right, I'll take that layup. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and give you a nice fancy Chris Paul alley-oop over here. Um, <laughs> let you slam dunk that one. Um, no, nah, I'm going to Dallas, man. And, and and that was the CD Lamb pick. It was the most mm-hmm. shocking selection to just because of some fact that no one expected him to fall that far. He fell that far, no yeah. Okay, that. okay. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was a shock. I'm just like, I I, guess I was on the live stream when it happened, and I told the guys, I was like, hey, we're creeping up on Dallas's pick, and if CD Lamb is still there, Dallas is going to be like, you know what, Philly, pay mm-hmm. back. Like we're going to get you back because you took <laughs> Dallas Goddard from us a couple years ago. And everybody mm-hmm. knew that that Philly wanted C.D. Lamb if he if they fe- if he fell to them, so Dallas was like, "Nah, we're going to take C.D. Now we have three legitimate receivers that we can throw the ball to anybody." Dak Prescott, like I keep saying, I'm gonna keep and I'm gonna continue to say until he signs his deal. Dak, get your money, sign the deal, because if you go out there and go seven to nine or eight and eight with these weapons, you're not getting one. I'm just letting you know right oh, now. Yeah. If you play a franchise tag and you do not win this division with the offensive weaponry you have, good old line, Zeke in the backfield, young tight end, three, four receivers, I'm just saying. Better put up 35 points a game. Bro, Dak, if you go out there and be average, it's not going to look good for you, brother. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm just putting that out there. But for me, I think Dallas, just because of the fact that C.D. Land was not supposed to fall that far. No, he wasn't. Yep. Eugene, who we got Elliot? Most surprising. Oh. <laughs> All right, so let me Blake Griffin this thing. All right, so the uh, the picks that went directly after fifty three: AJ Epinesa, J.K. Dobbins, Raekwon Davis, Van Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, Denzel Mims, Josh, Josh Uche, Christian Fulton, AJ Dillon, and Willie Gay, and Jeremy Chin, and oh Logan Wilson too. Oh Ashton Davis too. Look at that! Wow. <laughs> there was a lot of talent on the board. 
It was a whole Zach Bond too. Oh my goodness! Look at this. <laughs> so all that talent on the board, and good old Holly Roseman said, "I think I'm gonna take a quarterback." <laughs> so okay, I get it. I get the logic. You want to be a quarterback factory? Ooh, wow, yeah. Okay, so I get it. You want to have depth at the quarterback position. Um, you want to have a backup that you can trust. I understand the logic of it. What I don't like is the actual pick, the actual player, because I don't think I think it's very short sighted. I don't. I, I think it's a gamble, and I think you get a minor return on your investment on that gamble because Jalen Hurts is not ready to come in right off the bat and win you some football games. So, God forbid Carson gets hurt for, let's say he gets hurt for five games. I'm, I I can't count on Jalen Hurst to come in and win me uh, three of those five games. I don't think, I don't believe he's ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I look at it as, okay, he's going to have to, you know, he's going to sit for a year or maybe half a year and learn, learn the position, learn the offense, learn what he's doing. So you're not going to have a backup quarterback for one of those four years that he's going to be here. And that's another thing. Drafting the guy in the second round, it's only going to be here for one contract. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you do that? I, I think that's a mismanagement of resources. So you drafted it. You've got a backup quarterback basically three years. And maybe you can use him in a, a, a gimmick role to justify the pick uh, year one. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a lot of return on your investment for – a second round pick with the talent that was available on the board that could have helped you immediately. I mean, you, uh, they, right now, Eagles are going in the training camp, um, for a, they have a two man battle at their, uh, second cornerback position. Uh, Avante Maddox, a fourth round pick from 2018, and Sidney Jones, a second round pick from 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pull up week two from Green Bay. You can watch Devontae Adams having his way with both of them at the same daggone time. So both of them are, you know, they're question marks. They're huge question marks. So you got a question mark at the cornerback position, and you got a guy like Christian Fulton, who is who a lot of people thought would be would go in the first round. You got him sitting staring you right in the face in the second round. That could have helped out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wanted an athletic linebacker that you 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 got in the third round. Is the same athletic linebacker right there in Willie Gay in the second round that you could have got. Uh, it, it, I think it was it was a lot more immediate options that would have helped the team uh, right now. Right. Instead, they chose to uh, you know kick it down down and the road. He, and, and he probably hope. still would have been there after the second round. He still would have been there after the. I believe he would have. Yeah, I still I still think he would have been there. Uh, it, probably into the third, but mm-hmm. you know it. it it's it's a gamble, and I mean, best case scenario, Jalen Hurts lights it up, and they can trade him for a second round pick, mm-hmm. maybe, possibly, hopefully. That's the, I mean, that's what you're hoping for. Most likely scenario is you got to back up for three years, and then he walks, and and maybe because some become somebody's starter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nah, thumbs down for that pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do you think is the biggest sleeper pick in the NFC East, Eugene? Ah, uh, biggest sleeper. I would say, um, let's see. I'm looking through here now. 
I think the Giants got a guy that I really liked. I'm pulling their draft up now. And, um, yeah, here we go. So, I, honestly, uh, their third-round pick, Matt, oh, they got a lot of guys that I like. Their third-round pick, Matt Pert, I like a lot. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to be immediately a starter, but I think he's a very talented player. One, one of those former basketball guys, um, went to school and, you know, he put on weight, they put him on, put him at tackle. So he's got the athleticism to do it. So I think with like a year of development, I think he's just a solid, a legit starter, uh, on that offensive line. He's one of the people I, he's one of the guys I really had circled, uh, as a later round pick that I think can be a starter in the league pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And Damien, what do you think? Biggest sleeper for the NFC East? All right. So for me, and the pick that I would say is a sleeper, I'm sticking with DC. I'm not going to go Antonio Gandy Golden, aka the Gandy Man. I'm going with Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson, the running back from Memphis. Uh, Ron Rivera has been quoted saying that he sees or he views him from a skill set perspective similar to Christian McCaffrey, where he can mm-hmm. run the ball. And you can give him all, the, give him the carries that you want to give him, but you can also motion him around, move him around in the slot, out wide, match up against those safeties and linebackers, and he could be a weapon, a dual threat weapon out of the backfield. Because of course, uh, Gibson played receiver uh, mostly at Memphis, with you know, spor- sporadically getting snaps in the backfield. But when you mm-hmm. see him run the ball, he runs with power. I believe he's six foot six one, almost two. 25, 228, somewhere there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he runs a 439, a 438, and a 40. Like, he is a freak. He's a freaky player. So when I look at him, That's I'm nice. like, man, if he can get the. I don't want him at receiver. I want him at running back. And if, I, if they can yeah. get him comfortable getting more and more snaps and more and more reps as a running back, I truly believe he will be a weapon. And I think Darius Geis' days in, in Washington will be numbered. So my sleeper pick is uh, Antonio oh. Gibson. The running back receiver from Memphis for Washington. Mm, cool. Yeah, and how about and how about Memphis being a new running back? Them in Penn State. Yo, if you want to, if you want a modern day running back, you want a modern day running back. You get one from Memphis, or you get one from Penn State. Yeah, man. Penn State. That's Penn true. State. Journey Brown is coming. Journey Brown is coming, bro. Man. And he's they, nasty. Look, too. Penn State has made it clear they want athletes at the running back. They want freak athletes yeah. at running back. This, this. Like, how how do you go this, from Saquon Barkley to Miles Sanders? The journey brown. Yeah. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Shout out to them for their recruiting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at the NFC. Um <laughs> I was looking at the <laughs> NFC East and their standings. And it makes me just that's how I thought the Raven I thought the AFC North was gonna be like that last year, like really close, come down to the last minute. Yeah. Did not expect that from the Ravens or even what ended up happening with the Steelers, but they, they did okay. But we bought the NFC East. So um the Redskins were thirteen and three. So how do you, Damien, how do you feel about the Redskins and their draft this year? And what do you think? What do you think is going to um, be for them next year, for this season? Um, I mean, I, I love their draft. They've, they addressed uh, some key areas of need, getting Sadiq Charles in the fourth round, um, someone that they, they can kind of work into the lineup eventually to take over for Trent, uh, Trent Woods. Um, even though they, I, I really wish that they kept Trent Williams um, and just – you know, mm-hmm. fix that situation. Be, and that's an all-pro. 
That's a all pro tackle. I'm not trying to lose that. But I don't think I don't mm-hmm. think he trust. I don't think he trusted them. Uh, no, he didn't. And I mean, and, and, and now I will say I was listening to him talk. Uh, he's doing the interview on NFL Network recently, and he said that he was getting ready to come back and play, mm-hmm. but he was waiting for his helmet to be shipped. Before his helmet was shipped, they put him on the NFI non-football injury list. And he couldn't play. Mm. So, but they didn't tell him mm. anything about it. So, I kind of understand. You know what I'm saying? I kind of understand his situation. But um, for me, I, I think their their season this year and next year rests on the development of Dwayne Haskins. A lot, you know, mm-hmm. Eugene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got. I got. I got. I got. Haskins, man. I mean. I think the kid can play. Um, I'm not. I, I would, I'm not gonna say he's Kyler Murray or two. Or two. No, he's not them. Uh, but I do think he could be a a good starting quarterback in this league. He just needs those reps, and, and, and of course, not just the reps, but the weapons. So getting uh, Antonio Gibson, as I just mentioned, and then grabbing um, the Gandy man, Antonio Gandy Golden, it, it adds some competition mm. receiver room. Um, the only thing I need their coaching staff to do. Steven Sims, man, start this kid, yo. Start him in the slot. He can play a little bit. He can play. And he's he's dynamic. He's explosive. He's shifty. He's a legit route runner who will create separation. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they just need to give him those reps and, and, and give him that time and, and start him and play him. Because I think he can really help jumpstart their offense and give them a different – uh, dynamic that he didn't have an explosive slot receiver. Somebody's not just going to run the routes and get separation, but he can make guys miss. He can take it the distance. You pop on his tape and see him on kick and punt return, mostly kick returns. He is legitimately a dynamo. Yeah. I want that on my Real offense. Speed. You know what I'm saying? Think back when Dwayne Haskins was in Ohio State. They had Paris Campbell in the slot. Speedy, shifty, mm-hmm. can make guys miss and can take it the distance. You have a similar player in Steven Sims to take pressure uh, to be the underneath threat to Terry McLaurin's deep threat. So for mm-hmm. I like what they did this offseason because um, at the end of the day, I don't remember all the, the talk about, oh, they may take Tua. I'm happy they didn't because it just didn't – it doesn't send a, a good message to your locker room like, hey, you know, we're yeah. the new coaching staff. We're not even going to try to develop anybody here. Like if we – if you don't fit what we want to do, we're gonna get rid of you. And but no, didn't um, we're near Washington? Didn't the Panthers do that with Cam? Though yep. the year that they drafted Cam, didn't they draft the quarterback the year before that? I think uh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Was it Jimmy Clausen? Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, he was yeah, trash. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Clausen was not good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like it's like oh, we got Jimmy Clausen or you got Cam Newton. Nah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna say Cam. Yeah, it was Jimmy yeah. Clausen, and yeah. he was terrible. Um, I, it was it was hard watching those those Carolina Panthers games because I'm local. Yeah, crazy. that's what it was. That's it was what it was. Real, it was really yeah. hard to watch those games, but I guess I, mean, I, I really for I feel better for I feel better for Haskins somewhat going into the season. I the mm-hmm. only thing the only thing for me is I like I said I wish they handled the offensive line a little bit better. I I, I just wish that they took care of business and Kent Williams so that you don't have to worry about developing someone at that position. Mm-hmm. You you especially have with your young summer. quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you have. want your young yeah. quarterback to be comfortable, man. Comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They well, yeah, they let him down with that. I think um with that with that with the Trent Williams situation, I think uh 
ego got involved in the uh, yeah. in the front office because yeah. they. I mean, even if they wanted to trade him, they could have got a first round pick. But I'm still they want the Browns. Yeah, they they wanted to cut off their nose to spite the face. Because I mean, they fought because that whole the whole medical thing. They fired all those medical uh, guys that Trent Williams didn't like. They fired them all. So they they, they was making room for him to come back. But it's just that you know I think some I think one of the guys that got fired the GM that got fired or somebody like that uh, ego got involved and you know they wound up wasting his value and traded him for a lot less than what they could have got for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But what did you think about the Redskins draft, Eugene? Um, yeah, they had a good draft. I mean, a pretty good draft. Uh, adding Chase Young to that defensive line with uh, Ron Rivera coming in to coach and putting his scheme that's going to be they. Had, I was looking at the Redskins. They have a decent roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, they went three and thirteen last year. They they, they could easily double that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got them down for about six or seven wins. Um, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he said, he just slid wait, that I mean, he was like, I mean, they could easily double that. I mean, I would hope they can win six. Yeah, I, I, I they still got to play us twice. So that's two L's right there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. but they have a very, very good roster, and I like way, like way played last year. They, um, if that coach had going played, they had in the ball. They played tough. It wasn't always effective with them running the ball, and sometimes being vanilla. Um, but they instilled uh, some toughness into the into that team. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing with Haskins is he can he can be good. Um, he had and he has has good flashes last year. He also had some bad flashes that that you saw in college. It's like uh, we don't we don't like that thing. Like for instance, you seen um, this Eagles uh, Redskins. Dwayne has they're at the goal line. Dwayne Haskins goes back to pass. Mind you, that whole game. They had, they had only read and half. I mean, they played him with training wheels on. He only read half the field. He never got to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to get the old lines. First read was Terry McLaurin. Second read uh, was Steven Sims. And he went instantly to his second read. Terry McLaurin was covered. Second read was Steven Sims, but he didn't realize that Steven Sims was covered too. Uh, Ronald Darby was standing right there. There was almost a pick. Like, he instantly went to his, he, he threw to his second read before he actually looked at his second read. And I mean that, and that's that's the problem right there. When sometimes he gets, I mean, his mental processing ain't ain't where it should be. It's not there yet. That same thing happened against Green Bay. His first read wasn't there. Terry wasn't there. He instantly went to his second read, and that turned into a pick, and and, and was at the goal line as well. And that's you can't do that, especially at the goal line. And and it's still that instance. Week thirteen, I looked at him. He he got pressure up the middle. Um, his guy was open. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, the tight end, was open right there down the field. All he had to do was stand up and take it. But for that, for a split second, once he saw the pressure in his face, his footwork just crumbled. He took two extra steps that he didn't need to take and wound up being an incomplete pass. So he, and then, um, you see the, uh, but then he has clips like against the Panthers. I think his best game was against the Panthers. He played a very good game right there. He went through. His progression very well. He went to his fourth read, was finding open guys. He was showing mobility in a pocket. He was showing escapability. I think that was his best game. He played, I think he played very well there. So it's there. It's there. You just need it for 16 straight weeks. Yeah. So, and I think it's going to be a process with him. I don't think it's all going to come instantly next year. 
where he's just going to be lights out. I think it's going to be a gradual process for him. And and the thing about that is, uh, I think the the one way to kill a young quarterback is to keep on giving him new offensive schemes to learn. So now he's on his second offensive scheme in his second year when he's still trying to learn the league. He's still he's got to learn new terminology and all of that. So that's going to set his uh, growth back a little bit. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be a little bit of a process for him. That's why I say from, you know, 3 and 13, I'd say 6 or 7. That's I mean, that's a huge improvement, actually. It is. It I is. think it's going to be, uh, I mean, and plus the product on the field is going to look a whole lot better. It's just that it's just that the lack of weapons and defenses are going to throw stuff at him that he's not hasn't seen yet. So I say um, they're they're on the right track, but they're not there yet. I, I do expect them to leapfrog the Giants, though. So I know we've talked about um, the Ravens talking about wanting to have all four running backs. I noticed that the Redskins have a lot of running backs as well. Um, Adrian Peterson recently said that he he wants to compete to start. So my question to you guys, they look like they have about six guys on the roster because they had they signed two free agents, drafted a guy, already had uh, two on the on the um, roster, and then you add Adrian Peterson, that gives you six. So what do you think they're going to do with those running backs? I mean, you think they're going to keep everybody, keep three? Like, what do you guys think they're going to do a running back with the Redskins? Man. I don't think uh, they can keep everybody. I, I, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, with I mean with Adrian they Peterson, they say that um, Darius Juice and Bryce Love both coming off knee injuries. Yeah, Darius guys. Th- yeah, that's why I think the, the Antonio Gibson draft pick wasn't to play him at receiver. I think that was to groom mm-hmm. him at running back. Bryce, Love, I th- yeah, he's a running. Back. You know, Bryce Love had the, the knee injury, the serious knee injury that he's coming back from. Darius mm-hmm. has had multiple knee injuries since entering the league. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and they brought, I think they brought in Peyton Barber. He's solid, but he's not someone to, mm-hmm. to hang your hat on. So I definitely think Antonio Gibson is, that's why I said Darius Geis, like for my dynasty football fans out there, and, and, and you got the, those Darius Geis shares, sh- no, listen, sell them bad boys and, and, and invest in Antonio Gibson because I really believe he's the future for that offense. Ron Rivera wants another Christian McCaffrey, and he found mm-hmm. him. Would you start um, Peterson, or would you start the rookie? <clears throat> I would start Peterson, and then I would the rookie in. I would tell Antonio Gibson, because at the end of the day, right. you know, Peterson is, is such a professional at the same time. I would have, I would sit mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson, locker. I'll have his locker set up directly beside Adrian Peterson. Right next to him. I mm-hmm. want him soaking mm-hmm. up every bit of knowledge and information that he sees from one of the goats in our that has played in this league. I want you to learn mm-hmm. and, and work with him. When you're going through running back drills, I want you behind him. When he's, I want him first. I want mm-hmm. you second. I want you to be that little brother to the big brother and have him give you all of the information and knowledge that he has and all the wisdom because that's just going to make him better. That's going to speed up his development. Because uh, the one part that the one part mm-hmm. everybody has to understand when it comes to scouting these players you don't know what their mindset is. So as long as he's coming in and he's willing to work, you put him with a workhorse like Adrian right. Peterson, that kid could really could turn mm-hmm. out to be a special player. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to the Giants. Damian, what did you think about the Giants and their draft? Uh, I like the Giants draft. You know, um, they, t- they, they drafted, I know a lot of talking about Mackay Becton, and Jedrick Wills, but a- Andrew Thomas and Jedrick Wills are my 
my actual two top my top two uh, tackles. So I was I was surprised when they when they uh, made that selection. I was like, I know they're going O line. I've been even though I mocked them Isaiah Simmons just out of a guilty pleasure of getting a dude on the defensive uh, side yeah. of the football, <clears throat> but I knew that they had to address the offensive line. Um, Nate Solder is not going to be there that much longer. Um, it's going to be Andrew Thomas oh, and Matt man. Pert probably starting next year. I wouldn't be surprised. But, but yeah, so I, I like what they did. Uh, getting Xavier McKinney in the second round. I think that was a, a really nice, mm-hmm. a really nice uh, pick in the second round. Now you pair him with Jabril Peppers, and you have some jack-of-all-trade type, um, type of safeties that you can kind of just move around and do different things with. Uh, you know, be more versatile mm-hmm. on defense. Uh, like we talked, we talked about before, being pos- you know position like you see in the NBA, right? Um, the the Golden State Warriors came out of the lineup. They had Steph, they had Diggy, um, and some guys. And they had some, I don't know who the fourth guy was. They had Draymond. They had Draymond. I'm not gonna talk about him. Yeah, well, you, look, you you uh, mentioned him. You mentioned him the other day. Harrison Barnes. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, Mr. Point Chief. That dude. Um, that All Star Draymond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mr. Hey, just throw a couple dollars in my in my account. Now I miss all the shots you want. Uh, <laughs> LeBron paid that right. man nice. You hear me? Uh, but uh, <laughs> but listen, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so uh, so you look at that. They had positionless basketball, right? So you look at that when you when you mm-hmm. flip it to the NFL. That's what you need now because you have too many running backs yeah. that can run routes and line up in the slot. You need safeties that can come down and guard these guys. You need right. linebackers that can come up that can come up and jam them yeah. and run with them at the line of scrimmage. You need those guys. You need guys that can not just play the pass but also play the run. Did I continue to say I was for Bill Belichick? The days of the big thumpers that are 260, 70, and 80 pound linebackers are long gone. You Over. You listen. Those are defensive ends. Those are defensive ends. So the the Kyle Duggars, the Jeremy Pins. The Xavier McKinney's, those guys. Mm-hmm. That's what the hybrid safety linebackers are like. So I love the fact that they got uh, Xavier McKinney, Matt Pert in the third round, Darnie, Darnie Holmes, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. and TJ Brunson, who's a solid, uh, solid in the seventh round. So yeah, I, I really like what what they were able to do. They added Shaylen Mew, a guard out of Oregon, to add more competition. At the end of the day, when you go in getting into these camps, you want to put the best five offensive linemen on the field. So it's it never hurts mm-hmm. to draft them late. And see who who pops, who pops, and what five right. work with each other. So I think uh, Danny Dimes, because they have weapons, you know Evan Ingram, um, yeah, you know uh, yeah. uh, Darius Slayton, Slayton. Uh, um, Golden Tate, Golden Golden Tate, uh, Golden Tate. What's the other young kid? Uh, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yeah. Like, they have weapons. Corey, Corey Cole. Cole. That running back is pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. The run, the running back's nice now. Saquon. Saquon is so yeah. you have yeah. the weapons now. Protect your investments and go and go out there and, and win some mm-hmm. games. So I like what they did. I I, I like yeah. their draft. And what about you, Eugene? What about the um, Giants draft? Did you think about them? Yeah, the draft was good. Um, I I like uh, I'm a big fan of Darnay Holmes. I like him a lot. Uh, whether they play corner, I mean, in the corner or. If you want to try him outside, but I like him a lot as a player. Um, they 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 did address offensive line issues that so they did with uh Matt Pert and Andrew Thomas. That's gonna help them going forward. I think year one, I think defenses are gonna be looking at chops at two rookies on the at the tackle positions. But going forward, that's gonna help. Another another big acquisition I think is Shane Lemieux, because he's a very, very versatile 
uh, offensive lineman. So at worst, at worst, he could be your top offensive lineman off the bench, uh, and he can uh, give you depth at at both guard positions. Um, it's it, it's it's a step in the right direction for them, they, because they needed an influx of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think with them as a, it, the the depth isn't there, and just like the NFL, it's a war of attrition. I mean, you guys are gonna get hurt. And you need talent to guys mm-hmm. to back them up. I don't think they have that. But on paper, uh, all their starters, their their starters are okay. I mean, you got young guys that are going to develop. You can't say exactly they are right now, but right. they got some young, talented guys. I mean, Saquon is only three or four games by himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think Danny Dimes is going to take another step forward. And so he's going to have – and he's got a legitimate deep threat. He's got a legit guy underneath. So that offense is going to move the ball. So the offensive line is going to have their growing. They have talent there, but, I mean, guys are going to give them some trouble. They're not going to come out like gangbusters and just block everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern with them is 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 pass rush. They, they're in a 3-4 right now, and I'm looking at those four linebackers. I'm not scared of none of them. Uh, I mean, Kyler Frackrell, David Mayo, Blake Martinez, Lorenzo Carter. I'm not scared of that pass rush. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. I throw all day against that. But that's going to be the next area that they need to address in their right. uh, in their rebuild going forward. But I mean, yeah, the, the draft it, it was a good start. That's a good start. That's a step in the right direction for them. And so, Eugene, what do you think about the Cowboys and how they did with the draft? Oh man, it was, it was terrible. It was awful draft. They should yeah, they right. just booted out the league for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, you you win the draft. You got CD Lamb. CD Lamb. I mean, you didn't even have to trade up for him. You CD Lamb fell to you. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you you instantly win the draft right there. And the thing is, thing is, Cowboys they are notoriously good. For draft, some might even say they draft too well, because they. I mean, you gotta let a guy like uh, Byron Jones go just because you know you got too much talent to pay. But they draft very well on a yearly basis. So they got, they got uh, CD, which makes their offense, their wide receiver position dynamic. Um, and then the real, the real pick, Neville Gallimore. You add him because he is. I think he's. Uh, he fits what they do on defense. He's going to shoot the gaps. He's very, very athletic, and you you pair him next with uh, uh, Demarcus uh, Lawrence, and he's going to get some same blocking. He's going to make some plays. I, I mean, I really, really like Neville Gallimore. He's going to be a problem on that defensive line. And then you add uh, Trayvon Diggs to replace Byron Jones. He's another long, athletic corner. Fits what they do. I mean. <sighs> Cowboys, Cowboys drafted very, very well, and they—I mean—that's what they do. They draft very well. Um, their biggest problem has been coaching. Which let's see how that goes, and then um, let's see if they can pay that quarterback. Yeah, and Damian, what do you think? What did you think about the Cowboys and what they did in the draft? Uh, like right, you know, uh, Eugene hit it right the nail right on the head. They drafted well, man. C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, now. I forgot that they drafted Neville Gallimore. I I am a probably number one fan of Neville Gallimore's uh, fan list. Like I've you know, every time I Curry uh, in the season, Gallimore pops. I was like, yo, this 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 big boy yeah. is nimble, quick. He's athletic. He's powerful. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, you can't ask too much more. Um, the Tyler uh, Tyler Beatty's, uh pick in the fourth round, Bradley and I. I think that's going to be the kind of the sleeper pick for them. Um, adding because I'm you know they need that extra pass rusher. Getting him. 
uh, and, and having him on that roster to add some juice off the edge. We saw what he was able to do at the, at the Senior Bowl. He is a good pass rusher, man. I'm surprised that he even fell to the fifth round. I'm, I'm not really sure what happened with yeah. that. But either way, you know, mm-hmm. I think they they did a good job in the draft. Uh, addressing their needs and getting better. Uh, getting better on the defensive side of the ball, uh, as well as getting a legit playmaker on the offensive side. Yeah. All right. So next we have, last but not least, the Eagles. <laughs> Damien, what did you think about the Eagles and what they did in the draft? Um, the, the Eagles, I, I'm, I think I'm probably a little more of a fan of the Eagles draft than some, uh, some people because a lot of people looked at it and was like, well, the main, the main pick was the Jalen Hurts pick that I still don't agree with. But I, I know a lot of people – listen, Twitter was on fire when the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager. Oh, my God. I am a fan, and I will oh remain my. a fan of Jalen Rager. I continue to say that – yeah, because you got to think about it, man. I mean, yeah, because they have gotten um, – ah, man, out of LSU. Justin, Justin Jefferson. Justin. Could they have gotten Justin Jefferson? Yes. Yeah. But does he fit what they were looking for? No. Yes, he ran the 4 4 no. 40. But at the same time, he's still more of a slot kind of, he's still a, a, a movement receiver. Um, he, he thrives mm-hmm. more in the slot. Uh, you want to see him, you know, how he handles that NFL physical press coverage. I don't really have, I think Jalen Rigger will adjust to it quicker because he has the, uh, a, a stronger, a more physical frame, as well as he's a better athlete. The ceiling is higher for him, and he fits what they want. But not only that, they went out and got uh, Damian Taylor from Colorado in the third round. Kayvon Wallace can do the same things that the Giants, you know, got the Giants drafted in Xavier McKinney. He was just a fourth-round pick so out of Clemson. So you get a, a similar guy, get Jack to help with the, you know, to develop for the offensive line where you can move him at tackle or guard, just depends. But I, I really like the fact that they went and got more speed after Rager. John Hyde's 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, type of guy. Quez Watkins, another 4-3, four, 4-4 four, four type of guy. Like, Quez Watkins reminds me of, of Mike Wallace. He may be a one pony, but he does that trick really well. So I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> you legitimately, what they did was say, listen, yeah, we got the, we got a backup quarterback, but we, we want to put out on the field a track team. What, what, everything that we are seeing in Kansas City, like, and, I, and, and, and you know, we had this uh, discussion on social media um, talking about how I'm thinking Ravens fans, man. Shannon, I'm like, hey, watch my condolences now. Your fan base, your fan base is something watch else. Watch your mouth, watch your mouth. They're telling me, like, oh, man, everybody's going to run the pistol. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, just because Lamar Jackson, look, everybody cannot oh, run this that. offense, man. Like, I need people to understand that. Everybody cannot run this offense. But when you talk about changing the game, what you see in Kansas City, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants mm-hmm. Denver did it. Denver's like, okay, Mahomes, we raised you one. Yeah. We're going to put another ball guy around our quarterback, and we're going to go. Mm-hmm. We're going to score a score with you. That's what the, the Eagles said. Like, yeah. We have Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is one of the more talented quarterbacks in the league. It says forget everything. We're mm-hmm. putting speed on top of speed on top of speed, and that's what you need in the NFL right now. It, it's Everybody wants to play man coverage, and that's fine. It's all fine and good mm-hmm. until you can't run with these guys. It's fine and good. Right, you right. that jam, and that three speed is now statue, and it's a touchdown. So it mm-hmm. forces defense to play differently when you have guys that they cannot run with. So yeah. I, I, I really 
I, I was really impressed with <laughs> more than most. I like the um, and then Tico Winogu. That that's a sli- that's another. Sli- yeah. In the sixth round, man, I'm telling you, like they, they drafted starting tackles from Auburn. That's crazy, crazy man. Yeah. Both I think them. that I mean we all know that the NFL is a copycat league, so I don't I don't see too many teams. I don't see any teams really trying to do what the Ravens did last year. I think you might see teams might run a play here or there, uh, just for GP. But like you said, I think that people are more along the lines of wanting to be like Kansas City, mm-hmm. uh, because speed is unstoppable. And like you said, if you if you all want to play man to man, that that benefits the offense because most most people are going to believe that their man can beat your man in a mm-hmm. in a foot race anyway. Yeah. So you know you gotta get there first. But Eugene, what did you think about your Eagles and their draft? Um, I I was cool with pretty much. Most of the draft picks, except for the second mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, you can pencil me in as a Jalen Hurts guy. I mean, not Jalen Hurts, <laughs> a Jalen Rager guy. Wait, but a Jalen Rager guy. Like, uh... <laughs> I, it, 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 I got, it, you know, I got a little. Don't do him like that. Yeah, I got a taste, a nasty taste <laughs> in my mouth. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I like. Stupid. <laughs> I, I like Jalen Rager a lot. Um, he is, I mean, for for everything that I'm hearing about him now, because he is, he's one of those, one of those guys that's, uh, he's a worker. He, mm-hmm. like, he's already in, they, they got the, you know, the virtual mini camps and all that. He's yeah. working on that. He's, um, and he, he's one of those guys that, he, he's like a, he's one of those guys that like the, uh, Make up stuff to get a chip on his shoulder. Is that what you posted the other day? That he like penned yeah. a tweet or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, and his mama got involved too. For real? Yeah, they 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 they've been giving it to Skip. But yeah, he posted. He pinned that. He pinned that. Uh, Every, on everybody, his, on his everybody, mother get on Skip. Yeah, because <laughs> um, should. yeah, and, and, yeah, and plus, <laughs> and plus, he got. He got word that, you know, the Eagles fans wanted Justin Jefferson and you know, he got wind of that. So he's like, Oh, okay. And so he so so he's you know, you know, so he he's motivated by that. But um from Yeah, from from the from here to from what the Eagles say, uh what really sold them on him was his uh was his mental ability, his recall. They put him on the chalkboard and they and they gave him a play and they waited fifteen minutes and they said, Recite that play back to us and he was, you know, word for word right there. So Mm -hmm. they like uh, his recall. What they're doing with him now is they got him uh, starting him out at the at the X position, which the position that Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey used to play. So they want him and Deshaun Jackson on the field at all times. Yeah. And uh, what they're doing is they are looking at film of Debo Samuel mm-hmm. and saying, okay, we're going to get him because they, they, they're going to get him the ball a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So, because they want they want they want twelve per- personnel to be their package, because they don't think anybody can defend that. Which they got a good idea, but um, yeah, Rager, I'm good with that pick. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm not talking about anymore. On the third round pick, <laughs> uh, Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor oh is Davion is an athlete. He is, I mean, like a super athlete. I like him a lot. Um, I think it's going to be a year. He's going. He's going. He's going to be special teams. Um, starting off because he's got a ways to go as far as picking up the defensive scheme. Um, but going forward, they, they go, going forward, the Eagles might have drafted their two starting linebackers because the guy, they, the guy I like uh, out of Temple, hometown kid, uh, Sean Bradley, 
uh, later in the round. He is he's he's another talented kid. He's he's another guy. They they pick guys. The whole theme of they draft was get guys that can run. And he's another linebacker that can run. And he just said, even uh, playing at Temple, he never had a real strength and conditioning program. So mm-hmm. he hasn't really been in shape, in shape until he got here. So now they got him working on his strength. They got him working on his speed. So I think another he's another guy that's going to help out on special teams year one, year two going forward. Maybe he can compete for a, for a job uh, on a defense. Um, yeah, the wide receivers, you know, they Carson works best with uh, with speed and separation. He works best with guys that separate. That's why he did uh, Alshon, Jeffrey, and J.J. Ortega whites out won't be as successful as they can be in other places. Because I mean, just I guess that's just Carson's game. He likes to throw the separation. He likes speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided to surround him with speed. John Hightower is another one of those kids with a chip on his shoulder. I guess. Somebody from Sports Illustrated wrote an article about him that wasn't very flattering. He'd been posting stuff uh, on his uh, Instagram, and like he's and he's pissed off about that. Mm. And then he's a uh, he's a kind of an underrated athlete. You, you know, you, so you check his social media, you see him jumping over cars and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So he, um, they're looking at him as maybe a slot receiver option, but that's a decent slot receiver, about six two one ninety. But, I mean, they all can run. So they've added speed to the offense, which is what they wanted to do. I mean, honestly, my my two favorite picks was, you know, Prince Teguanago and uh, uh, Jack Driscoll because they needed some more depth on the offensive line. And those guys both are athletic and both are talented guys. Um, Driscoll is going to give you depth at the guard position in year one. Um, the, the plan is, like, whenever Jason Kelsey retires, uh, they're going to move the left guard, Ciamalo, over the center, and they're going to need somebody to play left guard, and that's probably going to be Jack Driscoll. So they, they this was this draft was about for two or three years down the line, not so much immediately, although they did cover some immediate needs, but it was it, it set them up two or three years down the line as well. And plus, they needed to get younger as well. So I mean, I'm good with the draft. I, it, it works for me. All right. So based on what you guys have said, I'm going to tell you who I think did best. Only one through four. And really, as we said before we even started recording the show, the NFC East did really well. So this is not even, if anybody listening is not a knock on your team, because I think everybody did a really good job. But when you compare, um, you know, who's still on the roster, free agents. I mean, this is why I'm, I'm coming up with this list. And you guys let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm picking the Cowboys first. And that's because pretty much nobody has any questions about um who they pick like you're not you're not doubting their first or second you know yeah. their earlier round pick so i have the cowboys the eagles the redskins and the giants no disrespect to the giants and my friends who are giants fans but i feel like out of all four of those teams the giants have the most questions that still have to be answered right. it's like you could say they picked the right people but we it's still like but let's see let's wait and see how this work out and mm-hmm. Jane, you made a great point about um being a defense having to face two rookies on the offensive line, you know, vets are going to feel like they can feast when they see yeah. that. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't pan out because if I'm not mistaken, um, the Colts did that too. They should have mm-hmm. done it when they first got Andrew Luck, but they went in the draft and started building with um, rookie offensive linemen, and they did pretty well um, when they had those young linemen. So it, it could work out for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it definitely could work out. It's um, it, it's going to be the, – they're going to have the ups and downs, but yeah. – it's. I mean, but I mean, it was. It's. They. It really had no other options because I mean, I can't watch Nate Solder no more. Get fooled with a spin move anymore. <laughs> right. Um. But um. So that's it for this week. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to say? 
I think that's it. Like I said, I'm just hope, hopeful that, you know, we have basketball and, um, like I said, hopefully that date sticks. Um, mm-hmm. We keep, we continue to flatten the curve uh, with uh, what's going on in um, Minnesota. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll see. Um, yeah. But, you know, hopefully, like I said, and, and the main thing is everybody's staying safe, um, respect and love one another, you know, regardless of skin color, man. <laughs> like, open your eyes to what's going on in this world. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and hopefully, like I said, the main thing, I, I I know some people can't, some people try to figure out, like, do college football, NFL, me, I want them both. I'm just greedy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want it all. But if mm-hmm. I had, especially for, uh, especially for us, you know, we talk about the draft. We're looking at players. I mean, I'm still scout players regardless. I can always mm-hmm. use last year's tape. But yeah. I would love to see how, how um, Jamar Chase plays without Joe Burrow. Um, mm. Without Justin Jefferson taking pressure off of him as well, you know, I would I would love to see how Jalen Waddle and, and Devontae Smith place their mark at Alabama now with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs gone. It's so many different storylines that I'm, I'm looking forward to that I hope we can have answered and see unfold. So um, let's just keep our fingers crossed, man. Yeah, and the good thing about it is we know the NBA is um, gearing to start, want to start towards the end of July. Mm-hmm. Usually um, training camps before training camps are already starting around that time too. Um, so we have a lot to look forward to over the next almost two months. Yeah. All right. All right. So mm-hmm. until next time, have a great day.